All right, y'all. Welcome back. Part two here on a Wednesday of the Jason West Podcast presented by Blue Wire Pods. We've got a fun, fun, fun interview here as we keep this Wednesday edition of the podcast rolling along with Virginia Tech. Hokies baseball manager, baseball coach, uh, John Chef, who uh, led the Hokies to a great, great season, regular season, ACC champs, um, super regional appearance um, for the Hokies. Great, great year. And there was a lot of crossover between this Hokie team and uh, the Tennessee baseball team. And we talked about that. We talked about his career. We talked about why this group was special uh, this season, what he'll miss uh, about coaching this team, uh, how college baseball has changed, uh, the great fan support in Blacksburg. Um, If he saw this season coming, uh, the origin story of the hammer that uh, the Hokies uh, use after hitting a, a a home run uh, at home, so or anywhere really, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun being able to uh, pick the brain of one of college baseball's best managers and coaches and learn from him. So, I think you guys will enjoy our conversation as we keep this Wednesday, July thirteenth, twenty twenty two edition of the Chase the Most Podcast presented by Blue Wire Pods rolling. Uh, don't forget, you can watch this interview and keep up with all of our other content over on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Chase the Most Podcast. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff there uh read me sports renaissance man.substack.com make sure you're subscribed and type in your email and are doing that there um tweet at me at chase double underscore thomas and like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer all right part two here on a wednesday uncle darren let's go chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right, welcome back. Taping this on a Tuesday night here on the Chase Must Podcast, where I am joined by a first timer, a coach who just uh, had a gigantic season, a fun, fun year uh, for Virginia Tech. He is a Virginia Tech coach, baseball manager, John Chef. John, good evening, sir. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, sir? Uh, does it still like? Does it feel like the season's over? Because I just imagine when you go on that kind of run and you just spend so much time with your guys and it's a long year and you you battle and you continue to rise up the rankings and then before you know it, for a conference tournament, you're number four in the country and you're like, okay, this is amazing. Uh, this is just an all-time great year, um, what you've been building to for six years. And then it's just gone because college baseball can just it can just be so cold blooded where it's like and then one weekend it's just over. Is that something that you still feel like a little bit where you're like, man, I can't believe this season's already over? Well, I mean, you know, the, the college baseball season can be a very um, it, it is a long run. It's, you know, it can be four or five months, depending on how well you're doing. And um mm. I mean, our year was good. It was it was outstanding. I I can't say anything other than that. It was tremendous. And uh, but it can end abruptly as it did. And but you know you got to look at it at the end of it all. There's there's 16 teams playing. Um, we felt you know we we earned that right. And and we went to the last game of a super regional. And it's hard to do that. Um, and uh, we kind of we kind of came up a little short in the end. But I mean our guys. Uh, I think they really enjoyed playing with each other, um, certainly as the season went on. I know I and the rest of our staff just enjoyed being the group, being with the group day after day. I, I, you know, I've been with some good teams before. This one was as good as any, if not better. Um, and that's not a knock on any other team I've been with, but more of a compliment to these guys. Um, tough bunch of guys, battlers, um, 
and uh, you know they they had a lot of success. They had a lot of success, a lot of success because they're 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 good. I mean, they're talented, you know. But I think when you combine that with the, uh, the toughness of the group and and how much they enjoyed being together, I think they they were good enough where they kept playing for a long time. Did you have that sense though before the year uh, when you're getting together and you're practicing in the winter and you're getting ready for the season that this group was different and that you had maybe the best team you've ever coached ready ready to go and like the rest of America was going to find out as the season went on, but you you had an inkling that this could be a special year. Well, I knew we had I knew we had a special group of guys. Like you never like I I never know how it's going to go. I can't tell you how next year's going to go mm-hmm. or the year before, you know, but. Um, you know, I mean, as I look back on last year, you know, we, we had a lot of unproven, so to speak, arms. And we didn't have a whole lot of ACC starting experience that were coming back. If you look back this time last year, no one knew who Drew Hackenberg was. Mm-hmm. No one really knew what Griffin Green was going to be able to do as a Friday night starter in the ACC. No one had even heard of Kiernan Higgins uh, or really what a guy like uh, Jonah Herney was going to do. Uh, there was a lot of didn't knows, you know. Mm. Uh, so I give those guys a lot of credit on our pitching staff for what they were able to accomplish. We also had, you know, for instance, a guy like Kate Hunter who was coming off an injury, didn't play a ton down the stretch in 21. You know, and he came back and he caught almost every day and, and was tremendously productive and, and, and will be a fine draft pick uh, at the end of this week. So there was a lot of contributions, like big time contributions from a lot of different guys. Um, so just fortunate to be around that group. And I think they, they, they kind of laid out a really long legacy for themselves for whenever they come back to Blacksburg, you know, a lot of future players and teams are going to, they're going to want to hear the story from them, not from me, but from them. <laughs> well, do you have some stories inside where you're like, uh, when you're, uh, going through this rise, the ACC tournament, and obviously the regionals and super regionals. Was there anything where you were like, okay, uh, I, I don't have to say anything to these guys. They're just, they're focused, they're different, and they're going for it. Yeah, that's, yeah. When I say story, I mean like the story of how the, how the year went, not, not mm-hmm. like particular story. Yeah. But, but, you know, these, these, this group kind of, cemented their their reputation i think in, in in our place for a long time and what i mean by that is like future players mm-hmm. future uh, coaches are going to want to they're going to want to be in tune with how that thing unfolded just like you know when i came here in 17 i had the pleasure of not as an opponent wasn't a pleasure but i i i, I was able to watch the 13 team play mm-hmm. that hosted a regional in blacksburg and um you know, we played a three-game series against them in, in College Park. That was my first year at Maryland, and mm-hmm. they're, they're very, very good. And uh, so it's it's been interesting for me to listen to some of the stories of how that year went with those guys and, and what they kind of accomplished and, and kind of the bar, that the standard that they set. And, I mean, I can tell you every team I've had here has been trying to live up to that standard, which was tremendous. And now I think, you know, future teams will probably try to not only live up to 13, but probably also to 22. What's been the biggest lesson that you've learned uh, about yourself as a manager coach since you since you arrived at Virginia Tech? Uh, I'd say two things. Number one, you really have got to have patience with things, hmm. with a lot of things, not just with players, but with building projects, with 
help people get back to you with the recruiting process. Like patience is a very valuable word in the English language that a lot of people in this day and age can't have and don't pay enough attention to. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say would be to uh, establish a lot of team type things away from baseball that can bring the group closer together. And me personally to spend as much personal time with players as possible uh, that, that we're not talking about hitting and running and hitting breaking balls and, and, and baseball related things. Mm -hmm. Cause if you have the right players, they're talented enough, they're going to be able to perform pretty well when they go out there and they're going to work as hard as at the game as, as you want them to. So um, I think those things, you know, patience and, and really, and having um, good, solid personal relationships with the players. Not, not that I had in the past, but I think, you know, this year just kind of, um, kind of reemphasized maybe to me just the amount of time that it takes to put a special group together and that it's not just about the baseball things, mm -hmm. a lot of other things too. I like it. Um, what's one thing about uh, Virginia Tech baseball that you did not know going in, but you know now? Uh, I think that's probably about the fans. Like, I, hmm. I, yeah, I didn't know how passionate uh, Blacksburg was about baseball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I figured that was the case because I know how passionate they're about other sports here. Mm -hmm. And from my experience, um, everyone wants to go watch and support a winning situation. And as we got into 21 and then obviously this year, things started to, we started to play better and have more production and, you know, we tailed off a little bit in 21. We had a lot of injuries that we just we couldn't come back from. But but I think this year in particular, you're able to see the, the passion from people. Uh, I mean, we'd go out for BP in the last 20% of the 25% of the season this year. You'd have, you'd have two, 300 people are watching mm -hmm. that. I mean, that, that's just, <laughs> uh, you know, I, you don't, you really don't see that very often in college baseball. So, uh, and, and credit credit our, our, our supporters. You know, they, they got to the ballpark early. I think they enjoyed being there. They enjoyed the, the entertaining piece of it. And I, they're obviously – Blacksburg people, they're very competitive now. Uh, you know, they, 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 they want to have success no matter what the sport. Uh, I spent time at the softball regional and super regional and, and I saw the support there for our, our women, and that was fun to watch. I don't, I don't think it matters what they're doing. If they're playing uh, – you know, cornhole in the parking lot before a, before a football game. Yeah. You know, they want to have success in that game of cornhole. And, and that's, that's maybe, maybe I didn't know to the extreme that maybe I saw this spring and that's a good thing. Yeah. I was telling folks, I mean, me being a big college or college baseball junkie and me being here in Knoxville and going to so many Tennessee baseball games and seeing yeah. how it was for us. Like, I told folks, I was like, Virginia Tech's kind of having the same kind of season in the ACC. It's kind of that same thing, the fun, the celebration. Like we had the coat, you guys had the hammer, which I'll ask about in a second. But there was yeah. just this kind of coming on thing where it's like you're building a program. Patel has been building for several years now. And yeah. then Blacksburg and Knoxville are big time college towns. And the fan bases are both so pot, like just so so animated and so ready for a winner that they will back you when you break through and they will come, they will have 300 people watching your BP. They will sell out your stadium. They'll be there for you. And I imagine yeah. that had to be super cool for you to coach this team and to see as the season went on, because it was not the case when you started and then to just see yeah. 
this kind of impact that it's had on the community and just how many people are coming to the ballpark. And it's like a whole weekend festivity. Like it's a, it's the hot ticket and the thing to do. I imagine that was super cool for you. Yeah. I mean, everything you just said was right on the money. It, it, I couldn't say it any better myself. I was really happy for our players in particular because, you know, they put a lot of time and preparation and everything. And, and you, you know, you, you see it as a reward, I think, as a coach or a player when, you know, you're having success based off the amount of effort you've put in and preparation you've put into it. Now all these people kind of want, want to come and watch it. They, they want mm-hmm. to see. Um, they're there beforehand. They're there afterwards. Uh, I thought it was really cool how there was a lot of young kids there watching. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully we gave people something to root for and something to feel good about. Uh, maybe similar to what, you know, Tony and those guys were doing in, in uh, Knoxville. Um, obviously, they're having a ton of success there. And I've known those guys for a long time too, before I ever got here. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's been a really uh, a very uh, um, um, good year for us in general. From the baseball, you know, it's just it's been very uh, rewarding. Uh, maybe that's the best word for a rewarding year for our coaching staff, for our players. And you know we now now you know they set the bar so high and now you're you're trying to duplicate that you're trying to stay consistent with it. Well, that's what I was also going to ask is like now that you've broken through, everyone just thinks it's linear progress in sports is linear. And you look at Mississippi State; they won a title, and then this past year they're finishing last in the SEC. Like they just had a really rough year the following year because the SEC is just such a tough league. The ACC is such a tough league that it's just really hard to sustain that kind of dominance. And it's not because uh, they just forgot uh, how to play baseball. It's because it's just hard, man. Like, it's really, really hard to keep this thing humming year over year. Um, does that get you excited, though, where you're like, I can't wait to run this back and see if we can do this and we can continue building? Or you're like, hey, we don't measure success in the wins and losses. This was an all-time great run, but the program's going to be the same. We're going to keep handling our business the way we always had it, and hopefully the chips fall where they may and they keep it going. But progress is not linear like this is it's not college world series every year and we're, we haven't broken through where it's just easy from here on out yeah I, i'd say again you know you, you put it in pretty good terms there uh i can tell you over time coaching college baseball one of one of my one of the challenges i enjoy the most about it is is building a group because each year the group's different mm-hmm. different people you know some of the players are the same but a lot of them are different and now you have to kind of mold this group, uh, hopefully, where they can finish in a similar place to this this past year. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot that goes into it, you know. I mean, it starts, you know, obviously on the recruiting side, and and um, you know, obviously we have the, the major league draft coming up here on Sunday, and that that tells you a little bit about what you have and what you don't have. Uh, but that's the to me over time has been the great challenge is putting the next group together mm-hmm. and have be, you know, a postseason NCAA tournament deep into the NCAA tournament type group. And you never know what's around the corner. To your point, mm-hmm. it's not linear. Like, you just don't know. You don't know what the next phone calls are going to bring. You don't know what's what injuries around the corner or what player you might, you know, luck into in recruiting or what guy decides not to sign and comes to school or comes back to school. So there's always surprises and challenges, but – um you know, when you start having success and you have consistency and, and the players start to um, uh, kind of it, it becomes a player uh, fed program, which I think it player player led program, I should say, like it is it's become then 
you know, there's, there's a lot of satisfaction that comes in. That's not in the form of a paycheck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you look at uh, next year's roster, do you already feel like you have a pretty good handle? Is the MLB draft going to dictate some of what you do this summer and this fall to get ready for next year? Or do you feel, feel pretty good about where everybody is in the lineup and in the rotation going into next year? I mean, as we sit here on Tuesday, you know, July 11th, 12th, yeah, I feel pretty good about it. I'll, I'll, be, mm. I'll be honest, like our team right now on paper, on paper, is probably more advanced than last year's team was at this mm. time on paper. I say probably, but you know, we got scalped pretty good on day three of the draft last year on the pitching side. But to our pitching staff's credit, this year. It didn't seem to phase them too much. Everybody talks about our offense, which was tremendous this year, without question. But uh, our pitching staff, our pitching coach, you know, Ryan Feck, those guys did a great job of putting it together with a group of guys that, that didn't have a ton of ACC starting experience. They had mm-hmm. ACC experience, but not on the starting side. So I give them a lot of credit for that. And, you know, we'll just see what happens in the next six or seven days. You know, we – we feel like we have a very good group of players, experienced group of players, um, and you got to just kind of see how it goes. I mean, you, you, this this is a very demanding week mm-hmm. or two. Spend an awful lot of time on the phone with people, players, families. Um, you know, I mean, I get what pro ball is. You know, I, I was into it when I was that age too. It's a lot different now than it was then. I think. It's a twenty-round draft as opposed to being a forty-round draft. There's no short-season baseball. There's fewer opportunities. Um, but I also think college baseball at this level is far different now than it was in the '80s too. Uh, you know, the, the facilities are better. The the schedules are better. I mean, it's on TV. I mean, you got crowds. It's the TV. I mean, it's, there's a lot that's going on in college baseball now that wasn't the case even 10 years ago no less no less 30 years ago so i mean it feels like there's a renaissance going where there is just so much of an appetite uh across this country now to see college baseball i think like you said a lot of it's tv and it's so much easier to watch your team and watch university uh than it was previously but when you go to the atmosphere it's just it's not uh, walking in to enter sandman or anything or for Thielen or for Nealon doing that and it's different but it's big time. You can feel like when you're there in the building, the when the things are good and when you're there on a Friday night uh, in the spring and you just you're falling a winner. It doesn't even have to be a winner. It's just it's fun. It's so packed and everyone's close together and you can just hear a pin drop in the seven, eighth and ninth in a close game. Like, I think that's that's a big thing now for a lot of folks where they wanted a reason to be able to invest more because a lot of folks want to go to basketball games. They want to go to softball games. They want to go to baseball games. They don't want to just do football. I think what administrators have learned um, in the last couple of years is, man, if you put together a good product and you really invest in these baseball programs all across the country, your fans will go. Your fans will walk into, they will pay for those tickets. They will go on Friday. They will go on a Sunday afternoon with their family because it's fun and it's because it's a really good product now. And it's just something that I think is really exciting. Um, not just because Tennessee was awesome this past year and things are clicking, but it's across the board. Like it's just a really fun product that I think a lot of folks were dying to get into because I think there is a lot of crossover between uh, diehard football fans and diehard baseball fans. Right. Yeah, I, I think there is. And 
you know, to your point, if, if the venue is a good venue to watch a game in, um, you know, and you got concessions and seating and, and it's a clean environment and you can bring your kids there, um, you know, it's it's the bottom line is I think what you're getting at, like a lot of it comes down to what people want to spend their entertainment dollar on. Mm. You know, you can go to the movies, you can go out to dinner, uh, but typically sports fans want to watch sporting events. Mm-hmm. And if the atmosphere is clean and, and the competition's good, uh, and it's entertaining, then they're going to choose to spend their, 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 their dollar, their entertainment dollar on your product. And it could be any one of the sports you mentioned. Um, but typically they're going to spend their entertainment dollar to watch a team that's having success. that has a chance to win too. Mm. That's just the way it is. I mean, regardless of the sport you're talking about. And that's why I give our people a lot of credit because they, they chose to come watch us an awful lot. And I, I appreciate that. I know our players do. And I mean, we spend a lot of time every single day trying to duplicate that so that when we roll it out there in February and beyond, that the product is good and it's clean and it plays hard and, and people want to come watch it and want to have their kids watch it. And nothing will ever change that, regardless of what our record is, or there's not one thing that will ever change that. And I, I will guarantee that Vitello and any one of those other coaches would probably tell you the same thing. You know, they're trying to put the best product they can on the field and, and fill their, their, their building up. And uh, that's why kids, I think, come to – that's what, you know, they want to come play in power conferences like this where they can play in great venues in front of really active crowds. Yeah, I uh, – one of the things I would love to see, and I don't understand it because I – have you been to Dollywood, Coach? I have not, but a couple of my – the guys I work with have, yeah. Okay. I was at Dollywood this past Christmas and I saw so many Virginia Tech hoodies, hats all around me. It was all Tennessee and all Virginia Tech. I just saw so much Virginia Tech and Tennessee gear. And obviously Bristol was a huge success between the two universities. We're not far from each other. We're not the board. Like it's not a far place. And then of course, like I mentioned with our programs right now with where they're at and where they're going, that would be such a fun thing. I want to go see a game in Virginia Tech, and I would love to see like a like some some sort of plan where we get to play on a three game series and some out of conference thing because I think that would be a lot of fun. That's like one of those that just makes too much sense to me, both yeah. in football and in baseball. That I yeah. think fans want to go and travel, and I think there's a lot of crossover between the Blacksburg fans and the Knoxville fans. I, I really yeah. hope we can make that happen soon. Yeah, I can't argue with you. That's that's a good idea, and I know that the two teams used to play. Mm-hmm. Like a midweek, like a Tuesday type game. I want to say at a at a, at a minor league park uh, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, I, yeah, I've known Tony. We haven't really talked much about scheduling in the short time that he's been there. I've been here, but uh, you know, you never know what the future might hold. That that, that mm-hmm. we might be able to work something like that out, and uh, we'll have to work on it. You know, so. What do you think people get most uh, wrong about Tony Vitello that you know that uh, national folks that don't know him personally get wrong about him? I can't say. I mean, me and Tony, mm-hmm. when Tony was an assistant at TCU and I was at K-State, we spent a lot of time together in ballparks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really have, a, you know, I, I used to talk with Tony all the time. We haven't talked much uh, lately, but we used to talk a lot when we were assistants. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a good guy. He's as good as a He's a very competitive guy now. Mm. Get on the field now. He's gonna. Yeah, there's nothing. It's not. It's not <laughs> recreational baseball now. He's gonna come get you as he should. Yeah. And, yeah. And he's got a great staff, and 
you know, Ross Kivett, who was with him last year, went to Houston. I coached Ross at K-State. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean McCann was on the staff. Sean, Sean got me, helped me get a job at K-State when I was when I went there. So, yeah, we, we got a lot of traction back there. But uh, as far as your – I don't know what the misconception about – I don't have any misconceptions about Tony, yeah. but I probably know him maybe a little bit better than – Maybe other people, but I think Tennessee people. I'm sure they're very happy that, he, and he should be. You got a winner there. The guy drives it. I mean, he drives it hard. He's a tremendous recruiter, and and obviously he's getting you know big time guys in there. I, I I can't I can't really I can't say what the misconception would be. I I don't know. I I don't uh, I don't have any misconceptions about Tony. It's just interesting that we became the the villain of college football or college baseball this year, where everyone wanted to watch uh, Tennessee finally go down. And I think it was just a I don't know if it was a dominance thing or uh, just the I mean the way in which Tennessee won because it was a lot of firepower and it was yeah. a lot of home runs. Well, and it, yeah, you know the other I mean just the, as an outsider looking in, I mean they won as much as I've ever seen a team win. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes when people winning that much, other people get offended by it. Mm-hmm. Because everybody wants to win, uh, and everybody wants to win on a high level, and they are winning on a high level. And I don't know if it's a misconception more than maybe you might have some people that are jealous of them. Yeah, just just a thought, you know. I mean, everybody wants to win like that. Well, that's you got to look out for that, coach. Like you got that, you got the target on your back in the ACC now. You yeah. uh, with the kind of year you guys just had. Y'all were awesome. And uh, everybody wants to win on a high level. And sometimes when you beat people that they're not very happy about it, mm-hmm. um, um, regardless of whether you're winning big or not, or no matter what sport you're playing. And I think in Tony's case, he's had a ton of success there in a really short period of time. And other people want to have that kind of success. What's the story behind the hammer? Where did that start? Uh, our, one of our assistants, Tyler Hanson, I think um, came up with the idea and wanted to have, you know, the offense to have some kind of an identity and I think it started out as being, you know, if somebody hits a home run, maybe they sign, you know, you get a sledgehammer and they'd sign it or, or something like mm-hmm. that. And all of a sudden it became it went from signing it to swinging it. <laughs> and it just kind of built into this like folklore kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, the fans, I think that the people that come to the ballpark enjoy, I know the players enjoy it. It's definitely a, become an identity. I think people in college sports that watch the game, you know, the college game is different than the pro game. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, like, when we do that, it's it's not to show anybody up. There's nothing to do that. It's just to kind of – it's it's something our guys rally around, just like, mm-hmm. you know, Tennessee rallies around the code. I, like, uh, Miami football has the turnover chain. You know, mm-hmm. it's really the same kind of thing. I mean, it's just – you're trying to get young people to, to, um, to rally around something, you know, to give them an identity, to make it fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you see foam hammers like little kids swinging foam hammers up and down. Like that's a cool thing, you know. I mean, no one's getting hurt by it. No one's. I don't think anyone's getting offended. I don't think. Um, so, but the, you know, I think give give Tyler credit. Started with him and it kind of built with the rest of the, our staff and and uh, with the player. Obviously, the players were the ones that really took it and ran with it. And uh, now we have a thing, which is a pretty cool thing, I think. What was the first thing you told your guys after the super regional loss? What did you, what was the first thing you made sure to make that, make sure that they were aware of? Uh, I don't know exactly what the first thing was, but the one thing I did tell them was, is that, uh, you know, you guys like, don't be, don't feel bad about 
losing today on this Sunday. You know, you mm-hmm. guys have, you guys just won 45 games. You won the ACC regular season. And my biggest point was kind of what I said earlier, that future teams that come in here, future players, they're going to want to know the story. They're going to want to know what happened. I said, you're going to find yourself places this summer at a gas station right? <laughs> or, or in a, a, a grocery store. And people are like, well, hang on a second. You played on that team? <laughs> Can you just give me like, like how, did, how did that happen? Like, how did mm-hmm. that go? And you're going to find yourself telling people you don't even know the story of 2022. You know, uh, it's funny because I, I remember standing in that same room when our season ended in 20 because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I said, one of the great stories of 20 will be no one will ever really know what would have happened mm-hmm. because the season ended so abruptly. Well, people know what happened this year because they watched it. So, you know, the story did play out in, in, in front of people's eyes and on TV and everything else. And so anyway, I, you know, when you, when you, when you, that, that kind of a day stings and you're trying mm-hmm. to take this thing out of it for the players as best you can, which is really hard to do. But, um, and I, I don't, I wasn't trying to make anything up. I was just trying to be honest with our guys and that, you know, they, they had as good a year as you're ever going to have most, you know, to this point and, um, just be prepared because people are going to want to know, they're going to want to know what happened. And then the last thing I kind of added to it was that, you know, when you come back, you know, from pro ball or you graduate and come back or wherever you're doing, you know, future teams and, and players and coaches, like they're going to roll a red carpet out for you. Cause they're going to, you're going to have a little, you're going to have some kind of, star power when you come back in here if you're if you're a guy sitting in this room because you know what you had to go through and you would you knew what it meant to be a part of this group it was more than just the wins and losses it was it was a valuable very valuable experience to be a part of that group whether you're a coach or player or trainer or strength coach or whatever but anybody in that room you know knew what it meant to be a part of that group went into it and they'll talk about it for a long time and no one can ever take anything away from them because of it what are you going to miss most about coaching this group uh they had a lot of fun playing together i enjoyed mm-hmm. watching them over time you know win or lose and there was a lot of winning but those guys really enjoyed just hanging out together and and they were very good at taking the baseball out of it mm-hmm. meaning they, they could just deal they could do other things they could talk about other things they could joke about other things they, they were probably really good at doing stuff off the field away from campus which you know social type things mm. uh, that's the thing i probably miss the most is um just being around the group away from baseball you know i'll miss the uh talking to tanner Schobel and kate hunter every day just about non-baseball things um you know uh guys like um you know, Bittison really, I think, helped me in my coaching career. He kind of, he kind of brought me back to to being more personal with players a lot more, and keeping like the business part of it out of it as much as possible. So, you know, I, I learned a lot from these guys as a coach, I think, and uh, they helped me a lot, and hopefully we help them. And um, you know, just because you're you're in your fifties or forties or whatever doesn't mean you can't. You can't learn from a year from players. Uh, hopefully they learn from coaches, but I can tell you that we certainly learned from those guys too. And I know I absolutely did this year. That's awesome. Um, we'll end on this. 
when you when the season's ends or when the season ends and you get some time away after really going through the grind and just baseball 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 what do you do well how do you get away do you go on vacation do you go to the mountains do you go fishing what do you do to get away uh i really just try to spend some time with my wife and kids my i got three kids that are high school middle school age we had our kids a little later and mm. uh, sometimes i feel like in a lot of cases that the baseball that the job takes me away from from the family part of it a lot so i just try to spend time with them whether it's you know we went up to pennsylvania for a couple of days over the july 4th holiday and played some golf up there and went to a, a family event up there for two days mm. I, don't, I don't really care what i'm doing but if i'm able to do it with my wife and my my kids it's fun for me mm. whatever that is whether it's sitting down for, at a dinner or whether it's going to a movie or whatever it is it really doesn't matter you or Tanner, who wins on the golf course? 18 holes, who wins between the two of you guys? Tanner who? Huh? Uh, uh, me or who I'm saying? You or uh, Tanner, Scobell. Oh, Shovel? Yeah, Shovel, yeah. Oh, those guys would kill me in golf. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like a recreational bad golfer. Those guys are probably way better than I am, yeah. Okay. Just about any one of them. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, Coach, how do the good folks, all the Virginia Tech uh, fans who are listening to this particular program, how do they support your program this summer and going into next year? Uh, I mean, I just hope that they, they choose to come back to the park. I mean, you mm. know, we'll, we'll have we'll have a good product on the field, I think. It'll be probably slightly different, but it's going to be different every year no matter what sport you're talking about. But I think if it's good and the, and the players give effort like I know they will, then, you know, hopefully the people want to come back and, and um, support the players and enjoy the, the venue. And that's really the best thing that they can do to support us just because come to the ballpark. There you go. Coach, this has been great. Thank you so much for giving me so much of your time this evening. Good sure. luck this summer and next sure. season. And we'll have yeah. to check back in again soon. Anytime. All right, that'll do it for part two here on a Wednesday. Hope you guys enjoyed part two of today's program. Uh, I was uh, very, very uh, glad that we were able to make that work and get uh, Coach on the podcast today. Uh, Coach Chef was just fantastic uh, talking all things Virginia Tech Hokies and his team and uh, their special season that uh, just a big building block uh, for the Hokies going into next year. And uh, that program is in really, really good hands and really good shape going forward and very excited to see where uh, where things end up next year uh, up there in Blacksburg. So appreciate uh, Coach for coming on uh, part two here on a Wednesday on the Chase Most Podcast presented by Blue Wire Pods. Um, don't forget, folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you leave this show a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If that is indeed how you are listening and you have not already done so, takes just a few seconds and it helps this show continue to grow and helps other people find the show and all that good stuff uh email the program at chase podcast at gmail.com uh read me sports renaissance man.substack.com and then also youtube check out our video content and all that good stuff over on the youtube page youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast like and subscribe all the good stuff all right part three as we wrap up here on a wednesday andy staples of the athletic andy staples coming up in just one second make sure you're subscribed on your preferred podcast player so you never miss an episode all right uncle Derek, how'd i do nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah